Pentecost is one of the three feasts in the Old Testament that required adult men to go to Jerusalem to join in the worship there. Pentecost occurred 50 days after the Passover. It was a harvest festival where the first loaves of bread from the spring wheat crop were dedicated as a first fruits offering to the Lord. It became in time a celebration of the Torah or the great law given to Israel on Mount Sinai. Readings were read for the Pentecost liturgy from the book of Exodus chapter 19 to 20 where we read about the law given to the people of Israel through Moses. For us as Christians, the Pentecost solemnity celebrates the new law of the Spirit, which is written on the hearts of believers, as we read in passages like Romans chapter 8, verse 2, and the second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 3, verses 4 to 6. As St. Luke records the event of Pentecost in the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, we have a great explosion of life in the church. The gift promised by Jesus has come, and the first note of the church in her preaching through the apostles is one of great confidence and outreach to the peoples of the time. St. Luke notes that so many different people of so many different languages had come to Jerusalem. These were people who were believing Jews, devout men, as St. Luke describes them, from every nation under heaven. There are also proselytes there as well as Jews, proselytes being the Gentile converts to Judaism. But to note the geography that St. Luke has described for us enables us to receive the true impact of St. Luke's message about the impelling of the apostles into the world through the power of the Spirit. If you were to look at a map, you'd see a vaster area described here, which in modern terms goes from Iran and Iraq through Turkey, down through Judea or Palestine, through Egypt, before that Arabia and into what we'd now call Libya, and all the way over to Italy, Rome being the great capital of the Roman Empire. If you keep going then in clockwise direction back through the region of Greece, you see the island of Crete and eventually come back through the areas I've mentioned above to Jerusalem where the outpouring of the Holy Spirit occurs. What strikes me is that there's no mention here of Aramaic, that language of general commerce at the time of Jesus, which was a language of business and communication across the Near East from about 600 BC to AD 700. It became the common language of the people in Palestine until the Arab Muslim conquest. Hebrew as well is not mentioned here, if I read the passage correctly, which is of course the principal language of the Old Testament. And even though some texts are written in Aramaic, like from the book of Ezra or the prophet Daniel, most of it is written in Hebrew. And some of it, of course, is written in Greek. And then the New Testament itself is written in the Koine Greek, as it's described, or the common language of international affairs at the time. 
which was the spoken language of the people. But all these other languages are mentioned. In other words, at the first moment of the pouring out of the Holy Spirit to preach the gospel, there is a language of faith, but it is communicated in a language that each person can grasp. As the men here who hear the apostles say that they are hearing in their own language, they are hearing each of us, as the text notes, in his own native language. Whether they be Parthians or Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, from Judea and Cappadocia, from Pontus and Asia, from Phrygia and Pamphylia, from Egypt, parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, whether they be from Rome, whether they are Jews or proselytes, or from the island of Crete, or whether they are Arabians, they all hear in their own language. And so it has been down the ages that the church has not been attached just to one language, but there are many. The content of the faith is drawn from the message and the life and the resurrection of Christ and the reflections under the guidance of the Holy Spirit of those first great apostles and writers of the New Testament. But a language is chosen that is accessible to the hero. This is the great challenge of the church in every age, and it's a challenge for us too. We meditate upon these ancient scriptures that are the paradigm for us of a life of someone who follows Christ, who believes in God. And yet we make sure that we speak as clearly as we can so that the hearer has the best chance possible of receiving this message. Confidence is the keynote here. The confidence to reach out, to go out to everyone, to speak after learning a person's language in a way that that person can understand so that they may meet the living and the resurrected Christ.